getting themselves off from persuasion and winsome appeals, Bindergate, and the pattern of disregard among many in the Southern Baptist Convention. In the last few weeks, yet another social media controversy has erupted within the confines of the Southern Baptist Convention. This exciting controversy, aptly named Bindergate, to go along with Sermongate, CRT Gate, or Resolution 9 Gate, and, and any other gates that I've probably missed, seems to be just another example of some SBCers gating themselves off in an attempt to troll each other to death by firing verbal cannons across their social media platforms and in their discussion groups. All this while many pastors are wasting serious ministry hours and being as non-charitable in social media communication as possible. Now, that's not to say that online discussion and disagreements should never occur. Obviously, I wouldn't be posting this if I didn't believe in the impact or the use of mediated means to deal with differences. Yet I am posting this. So, I'd like to briefly engage, not binder gate or any of the other gates directly, I'm interested in how I see Christian online communication, specifically in the Southern Baptist Convention, as void of any attempt to be persuasive, winsome, or to follow any rules of reasonable argumentation. I'll keep this somewhat generalized, as this is a vast problem. Let's look at it this way. While the Southern Baptist Convention is not a denomination that I currently pastor a church in, the impacts and ramifications of things within the Southern Baptist Convention emanate within the larger evangelical world. And I am part of that world. The irony of all the gates at hand coming out of the Southern Baptist Convention is that the Southern Baptist messengers noted in 2018 in their resolution on Christ-like communication and the use of social media, the use of social media by Christians for dialogue, expressing opinions, and argumentation also is a public representation of the faith of believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians are called to exhibit self-control, understanding that our actions and character seen by a watching world are directly tethered to our witness and testimony of the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now, I agree wholeheartedly with those statements, but that's not where the largest Protestant group in the United States ended. They went on to stand resolved that we commit to maintaining brotherly and sisterly love by resolving our differences in a biblical manner. Guard our tongues, using caution and wisdom in our media and social media, and refrain from remarks that tear down others in the image of God, including refraining from gossip and slander, and even in the midst of differences, disagreements, and conflicts, we will engage one another with respect and winsomeness, speaking truth in Christ-like love while pursuing unity. Therefore, it would seem that as a public representation of Christ, Christians, particularly in the Southern Baptist Convention, would be most mindful of social media presentations. In a time where increased communication toxicity invades our social media spaces and seems to invade our face-to-face -face interactions as well, I'm reminded of Paul's words to the Church of the Colossians. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person, Colossians 4.6. Deborah Tannen of Georgetown University calls our current communication climate the argument culture. Tannen contends that our mediated interactions are a war zone. 
People approach any disagreement as a riot and strap up their riot gear, verbally speaking, and they go on to seek and destroy. She continues, the argument culture urges us to regard the world and the people in it in an adversarial frame of mind. As a communication professor at a Southern Baptist institution, a pastor and an active apologist, spoken words and mediated messages are my study, teaching, and application domain. They're likewise mediums where I constantly find myself trying to improve personally and also trying to use those mediums to shape others in advancing the gospel. I'm blessed to constantly interact with students, members of my church, and other faithful shepherds through mediated communication. Unfortunately, as Jason Dusing notes, with instant global interconnectedness, our society appears to have defaulted either to resigning despair or distracted indifference. Yet personally, over the last few months, I've seen, if not even over the last few years, evangelical cynicism and indifference has altered from a state of cynicalness to a form of toxicity, condescension, and outright hateful interactions. Numerous studies have been conducted over the last two years on the rising toxicity to which social media platforms have contributed. That's not my point here. My point is to question how we are to be winsome and persuasive in our online interactions. Scripture calls us to not only be gracious in Colossians 4, 6 with our words, but to destroy arguments. I'm not about to an attempt to create a false dichotomy here. Still, my appeal is to evangelicals specifically to those in the Southern Baptist Convention, to not forget to be both persuasive and reasonable as we interact with one another online in front of a watching world. Therefore, let me briefly look at a few passages of Scripture that demonstrate the Christian paradigm for the application of persuasion, and then provide a few tidbits on how to accomplish this. First, what is persuasion? But simply, it's an attempt to convince, stimulate, or actuate an audience. Yes, Scripture deals with persuasion. In fact, Paul writes in his second letter to the Corinthians, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. 2 Corinthians 5.11. Ironically, this appears in the portion of the epistle where Paul communicates the excellencies of the gospel ministry and how Christ has reconciled us before the Father. So in being missional, we are to persuade others. Paul demonstrates this type of action in Acts 28, verses 23 to 24, where Scripture notes, When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. Now, in both of the cases mentioned above, Paul engages those who are saved and not saved. But how specifically did Paul deal with conflict when it existed within the walls of the church? Acts 15.7 notes that the dispute over circumcision led to much debate. Now, debate, as defined by Freely and Steinberg, is the process of inquiry and advocacy, the seeking of a recent judgment on a proposition. Scripture does not provide all the discussion details in a transcript format about what happened in Acts 15. It does not detail how individuals engaged one another directly, in other words. Still, 
one can undoubtedly apply how Paul dealt with those who criticized him, as demonstrated in the epistles, and they can do so in order to ascertain the pattern in which Paul handled arguments. We can safely assume that if Paul was consistent, he did not go ad hominem, he did not try to red herring or straw man his opponents, he engaged them in a critical analysis of objective facts and handled his opponents graciously. The real question is whether or not Christians desire to be persuasive anymore. One does not have to travel far down our discussion board posts to see how Christians engage in controversy and the reality that it is no different from the patterns set forth by those of this world. When the manner and methods employed by the world are the standard by which people of Christ engage one another, we have the wrong standard. Much of the conflicts in the Southern Baptist Convention over the last few years have only been amplified because people will no longer engage each other in a winsome manner. Instead, they'd like to throw mud or offer straw man arguments and go ad hominem, or in the case of some people, just attempt to coerce the voices of those that they don't want to hear. Speaking directly to the conflict at hand, Bindergate, didn't Dr. James Merritt from the convention floor in 2021 say himself, the world is watching us? Yes, the world is watching the way evangelicals and in specific the Southern Baptist Convention behaves in online interactions. We have left the world, however, of logic, partly because many of us have never taken a formal class in logic, nor have we taken a course in argumentation. Our failure is more significant, however, than simply rejecting logical and reasonable patterns of communication and argumentation. The problem we have is pride, and we have made an idol of expanding our platforms. We've allowed the new paradigm of online communication to devolve into the methods used by this world as the means through which we engage one another. This is a travesty and a disservice to the gospel. Outrightly, it is public sin. So what do we need to do? Well, let me make it simple. We need to end the name-calling. That is, names like social justice warrior, wokey, or any other derivation of this type of condescension and slanderous tone. We need to address actual arguments and specific points of real contention. Accurately, we must represent those with whom we disagree and go to Scripture with them. Then, when someone demonstrates from Scripture an argument that cannot be consistently refuted from Scripture, we must be humble enough to repent and allow Scripture to reign supreme. This article could go on much longer and deal with numerous controversies, but that's not my point. The point is that evangelicals, particularly Southern Baptists, need to quit abandoning persuasion in our online dialogues and discourses. We need to quit retreating from reasonable argumentation and attempt to winsomely persuade according to the authority of Scripture and do so in a manner that honors Christ. A perfect example of this was done by Dr. Tom Askell in his article published in recent days, Bindergate, an appeal for honesty and integrity in the SBC. Just like Dr. Askell, evangelicals must be direct in approaching problems and controversies. Yes, more winsome and honest appeals are needed, specifically in the largest Protestant denomination in the United States. <laughs>